What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast that I'm pretty sure has been broadcasting from the hidden island in my room for about, I don't know, 100 years at this point. It feels like work from home has been going on for ages, but thankfully, there are things to keep us entertained, one of which has been Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, which I'm sure anybody that is listening to this show has heard about, has watched, has heard me talk about it. Um, if you're in any uh, social media platform in which I uh, have a presence, you've probably seen me rooting hard for Purple Team. We ride and die for Purple Team on this show, um, but much love to all the kids involved. But that entire program, that entire wonderful show with Keller and Beck and 83 and LX could not be possible without, of course, the team at Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Star Wars Digital, Star Wars Kids, and today we are welcoming one of the key minds, an executive producer, and I will let him actually give his official title because I guarantee you I'll slide in a word that's not supposed to be there. It's a senior VP, godfather, Don, something or another of, of Star Wars Digital. It is Mickey Capaferi. What's going on, man? Hey, Alden. How you doing, man? Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and yeah. appreciate all the kind words for Jedi Temple. Of course, man. I mean, it's been such a joy. Um, to watch. It's been great to see for personal reasons, just in terms of needing positivity right now. It's been great to see um, for fandom reasons, you know, for the um, the true Ahmed best renaissance that we're in. Uh, and it's just been great to see the kids engage and having something to do on the Star Wars Kids channel, something to to root for. And a lot of that is, is thanks to you guys. So uh, thank you, first and foremost. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into uh, the show and and your background. Yeah, I mean, well, look, it's it was obviously a, a great team effort. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to to have a fantastic team um, at Lucasfilm Online, Star Wars Digital, whatever whatever you want to call it, various names. Um, you know, and and you know, we've been really lucky enough to make great content in, in the Star Wars world for for you know four or five years now. And this is something that we've kind of generally wanted to do uh, for a while and the opportunity afforded itself recently. And, um, and we were just lucky enough to bring together some, some really smart and talented and, and passionate people to do this show. Um, you know, it was, it was developed by Scott Bromley and Steve Blank, um, you know, and, and various other people on the team helped contribute throughout. And we were very fortunate enough to, to have Ahmed come on as the host and Mary Holland as 83 uh, and some very talented droid uh, friends of ours to participate, Michael McMaster and Gordon Tarpley um, and, you know, a hundred other names that I could name, but it is, it's absolutely a team effort. It always is. Uh, and that's, I think that's a testament to the, the, you know, the statement that the term Star Wars family, which, which is something that we are very proud of is, you know, we're all very passionate and lucky to get to play in this world. Right. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I joked of course about how being in your position uh, means that you, you've got, a, you've got a title. Uh, I believe it is, if I have my, my notes here, it's senior director, online content and programming, correct? That is, that is accurate. Okay. And so that means that when you, you know, you talk about that star Wars family and you list off those, that, that epic crew, that, that list of names you're, I would imagine at least, somewhat responsible for putting it together and selecting the players. Would that be correct? It is. I, I you know, uh, I started at this job just over seven years now. Uh, it was June, 2013 was when I was hired. Uh, I was after the Disney acquisition and, um, 
you know, it was a small team at the time. Um, there was no really original video content. Uh, it was starwars.com and, and, you know, a few of the social channels. And, um, you know, back then it was really a handful of people. Dan Brooks, um, who is still the, the lead editor on starwars.com was there. Uh, Matt Martin, who is now a prominent member of the story group was, uh, was also on the team. He was leading social. Uh, um, and, you know, I came in with those guys and a, and a few other people, but, uh, really had the opportunity to build the video content team out. Uh, and that meant bringing on John Harper and Scott Bromley uh, and multiple other people over the years, Tony Scherr, you know, Nina Wayless and um, AJ Camarillo and uh, Frank Knight and Kyle Kaya. I'll just finish it out since I'm naming everybody else. Um, so <laughs> we are still a very small group. Um, and, you know, it was built out over, like I said, the last five, six years. Um, and, and we were able to, you know, kind of start small with a, a little show called Rebels Recon, uh, which was our first. And of course, I can't forget Andy. I don't know why I forgot Andy. Andy no longer works uh, for us day to day, but she obviously is still uh, a member of the family and is still hosting Star Wars show with Anthony Carboni. Um, but Andy was our social manager at the time. And uh, we wanted to do a companion show and after show for Star Wars Rebels. We were also very excited about that, that animated series getting started. Uh, and so that was really our first toe dip into this original content and building out a, a content slate and not just the social and, and .com, uh, but complementing that with an authentic voice from inside the building, um, from, you know, by fans, for fans. Um, and so that, you know, proved very successful and afforded us the opportunity to do more, including the live stream from Celebration and the Star Wars show. And, um, you know, and since then we've, we've done, you know, our Star Wars stories and science and Star Wars and, um, red carpet premieres and blah, blah, blah. And you now I'm probably rambling, but yes, uh, it was great to be able to build out that team and, and build out the, the network um, to be you know well, really well-rounded, which also includes the Star Wars app, uh, which we're also very proud of. And um, yeah, able to build out kind of a transmedia uh, digital ecosystem for the, for the franchise. Now, first of all, I just want to say rambling is encouraged. Uh, on this show, so please feel free to to, to ramble uh, to, to tangents. Encourage yeah, uh, turn off <laughs> turn off the targeting computer. Just go for it. Uh, but one thing that um, is is a clear element and and a trend throughout everything. You know, you mentioned Rebels Recon as sort of the genesis of the network and of this um, this run of programming that obviously transcends even into the real life event stuff like your premieres and, and your Star Wars celebrations and the live stage is uh, honestly comedy. And that's an element that is present in Jedi Temple Challenge, which we'll be talking about in, in a couple minutes. And I, I think back to those, you know, those bits that you guys would do in those cutaway segments of, you know, Andy stalking Pablo around the office and <laughs> trying to get, trying to get answers out of him. And the way that the, the office and the brand within the brand, because, you know, Star Wars, the, the fictional mythology, but also Lucasfilm, the heralded place, you know, the place that every nerd is like, that's where it happens. You guys gave life to the office. You know, you, you made a family-friendly office type show, but with, uh, with all of you. So tell me a little bit about how that sense of humor got in there. Is that the way that you all joke around in general? It is. I mean, I think, again, we, we do have a little microchasm family in the online group. Um, and, you know, if you watch Rebels Recon, as you mentioned, you know, that we really use the office as our, as our setting. I mean, you hit it, you hit it on the head. The, the whole idea was to give a real authentic 
face and and vibe to the content that we were doing and show off you know our office and our office is intentionally fun like it's it's a it's a large you know it's a it's a large uh I, I guess professional version of the of the kids playroom um you know we encourage that in in the office we have a ball pit that is still up um you know in in the office and uh it's just full of toys and props and like we keep bringing in you know any props that we create for for any of the shows over the years we find a way to mount them on the walls and um you know we really try to make it a fun casual um, you know, nerd free environment. Um, and, and a lot of the comedy does come just from the interactions that we have in the office. We're, you know, we're, we're constantly, uh, joking with each other and, and trying to keep things light and trying to keep things fun. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I do think a lot of it that comes out of, of us, um, you know, Scott Bromley leads the writing for, for a lot of things, uh, for, for most of our shows. Um, but you know, that comes from the, true authenticness of the people you know we don't we don't try to put jokes in people's mouths that that don't make sense and and the whole team has a lot of input you know there's a lot of input from everybody in the group we try to keep it a very open creative environment where uh you know the ideas from from everybody from the top to bottom like we really want it to feel true um and that's that's something that we we try to do. so i'm glad that that comes across um you know even down to again like the stuff that we used to do with pablo um you know a lot of those are Pablo's ideas like like we you know we joke around like hey what if we this would be super fun and we always go yeah let's just go shoot it you know and we have the luxury of being in that amazing office uh and and a lot of that stuff is just there like I mean the the hallways are full of history and incredibly cool things and we were fortunate enough to be able to uh shoot in those areas and 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 show those off to you know show those off to the fans as much as we can you know within reason there's a lot of places we can't go and we don't want to go uh, <laughs> keep some of the secrecy, but there's so much on display and there's so much great stuff between ILM and Lucasfilm and everything that, uh, that, that we have to play with. Um, it really was a, a blessing and, and a great way to make it, you know, make it feel like we're doing uh, really cool stuff in, in, a, in an authentic way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know, in addition to the comedy, the thing that comes across throughout everything you're describing is the way that the personalities grew over time and maybe people that their training isn't in hosting or acting, their training isn't in uh, on-camera type work. They slowly develop um, their own little fan clubs, their pockets of fans. Like I, I know that for me personally, I've, I've tweeted at uh, Andy and Anthony and said, if you guys ever want to spin off Mads props into its own show, I'm there because whenever she gets a segment, I'm like, this is just fascinating. And her knowledge and the way that everybody is able to expand and grow has just been amazing. Um, and, you know, with expanding and growing, I mean, we're going to do a we're going to do a classic radio segue. Um, the the key difference, I think, between everything that we've talked about and now Jedi Temple Challenge is the fact that it's a not the office. You know, it was created out of your imaginations and, and you had to create those environments and that tone and be the fact that it is, it is narrative. I mean, obviously the game element is the backbone um, and the kids will do what the kids are going to do, but it is the, it has its own mythology. It has its own cast. It's, it's not um, a real, it's not a real life type show. And that's been a different type beast for you guys in the yeah. digital team. So what have been the unique challenges or maybe even advantages and things that you've discovered, you know, because you're, you guys weren't 
you know, when you started Rebels Recon, you weren't like, oh, we're going to make television one day. You know, we're going to make uh, we're going to make narrative uh, ep- ep- serialized storytelling where even though it's different rounds, you can see with a character like Master Beck, he's alluding to his backstory. You know, Ahmed is creating things. So talk a little bit about how that's been different. Well, we, you know, we, we wanted the show to feel like we, we didn't want it to be a game show about Star Wars. You know, we wanted it to be a challenge within the Star Wars world. Um, and, you know, so it was all about building out a world that was authentic to Star Wars. You know, we're not, we're not setting a timeline. We're not like, you know, hard tied to canon, but it's, it's really about that vibe and the true, you know, feeling of the Star Wars experience. And that's really what we set out to do. So, you know, in crafting the, the, the narrative that ties it all together, you know, there was a lot of time spent with, uh, again, the key, the key creators, you know, Scott and Steve, you know, Steve Blank is a member of the story group. Uh, we consulted with a lot of other members of the story group. Um, you know, we really wanted to find how can we put kids through this experience and, and make it feel as authentic to the, the themes and the, and the world of Star Wars, you know, within, within, you know, we don't have giant movie budgets, so there's only so much we can do, <laughs> but, uh, you know, within the limitations and, uh, and we were lucky enough again to have the help of so many smart people uh, in the company, Killian Plunkett, uh, who's an art director on a lot of Clone Wars and a lot of the animation stuff. Uh, we brought him in to really help us dial in the sets and really find those little, those little bits that make things uniquely feel Star Wars. Um, you know, ILM helped us with the, those few ship shots that we did. Uh, we consulted with a variety of people in the, again across the story group and across other other parts of the company to infuse wherever we could this vibe that these kids we, we just wanted these kids to walk on set and feel like they were in Star Wars and and you know Ahmed and Mary and and you know the cast fully embraced it and just did such an amazing job of of making these kids forget that they were on a sound stage like when they walked into the set and they saw this this whole thing and they met jedi master keller and beck in 83 and lxr5 you know you could see the kids immediately go okay i'm i'm in star wars and that's that's what we wanted we want them to have that experience um and so you know the narrative of it is again you're it is different than what we've done you know we've done fun little skits over the years that uh you know we we call narrative but they're you know they're they're silly they're not you know we're not trying to tell a a big crazy ambitious story um but this was that opportunity to kind of blend the two uh but we really the big thing was we really never wanted this to be a game show about star wars um so sounds like we we did a good job so yeah absolutely makes me happy um but yeah, it was, it was an amazing challenge. I mean, again, it was a challenge. It was new for us, but that's, I'll say this about my team. I mean, that's something that we, we always want to go above and beyond everything we do. Every new show that we do, uh, we want to take it to the next level. We want to add layers to it. We want to, we want to enhance, you know, enhance the experience for the audience, but enhance our experience as well. Um, and our knowledge base and our skill set. Um, we, you know, we are not complacent. Uh, we, we try never to be complacent. We always try to do, um, more and bigger and better. And I think mm-hmm. that, that comes across in the celebration stuff as well. Um, you know, what we did at Chicago was far and away bigger and, and more ambitious and, and more well put together than the previous years. And uh, that's, that's something that makes me immensely proud of the team is that we're always trying to push the limits. So, so, you know, JTC gave us that opportunity to do something again, a little bit bigger. And we, 
you know, we were all even blown away by the sets, you know, it's like we had visions in our head of what this could be. Um, but, you know, when we, we started walking onto the set, we had the same feeling that the kids did. It was like, oh, wow, this is, this is really freaking cool. Now, uh, you know, with the sets and, and, the, and the team coming together and expanding into narrative, obviously, you know, we've mentioned them already, but there was that key element of a lead, of a host, of, of a Jedi. And, you know, I'm curious to know what the, the journey was from, we know that it's going to be Jedi focused because, you know, you easily could have done a, a Kessel Run type thing with the kids or, or something that was not Jedi related. So tell me, you know, what was the genesis of it was, it an idea of we want to have Ahmed involved and let's work and create something? Or was it, here's a blank slate Jedi and then he brought the flavor later? How did you cast him and how did, how did that come together? Well, you know, I mean, you're right. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out what it is that this show is wrapped around. Um, and, and there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. You know, ultimately it came back to the core principles of, of the Jedi. And, you know, what is, what is that wish fulfillment that kids you know, at the end of the day really want, and it's, they all want to be a Jedi. I want to be a Jedi. Like, I, you know, it's, so, you know, we, we narrowed in on that and we knew we needed, uh, we knew we needed the, the perfect host. And truthfully, you know, we had all these, you know, in our head, the various different qualities that this, that this individual needed to possess, you know, there had to be a, there had to be a level of gravitas. He was a teacher. He's, you know, he's, he's a mentor. Um, there has to be a level of, of, you know, real, uh, physicality isn't the right word, but, um, you know, presence. Um, and, and we had hoped, you know, the hope was always, you know, we'd also like to find somebody that has history within, in the world. We didn't want to just go out and like hire some actor to play a host. Like it, it would, we wanted somebody that had a history with star Wars. Um, and, you know, I think the, probably the moment that it kind of clicked was, was at Star Wars celebration in Chicago. Uh, you know, we were lucky enough to have Ahmed come back. Um, obviously he had kind of been away for a little bit um, and we were able to get him on the stage to, to you know, engage with the fans, uh, which we were all so incredibly excited about. Um, and I think about halfway through his, you know, interview with Andy and Anthony, um, you know, the, the key people of us who had been thinking, you know, we were very early in development on the show at that point. Like we, we weren't, you know, we weren't, there were no sets, there were no anything. It was very early, but we knew we were working towards building this. And it just kind of, you know, kind of all coalesced with like, Ahmed's perfect. Like he's just the perfect guy. Like he's, he's just amazing all around and brings so many different things to the table. Um, and just his smile is infectious. And just the way that, the, you know, just the, the, the way that the fans responded to him and he engaged with them. And like, it just all kind of worked together. It's like, that's our guy. Like, that's our right. guy. And so, um, you know, we reached out to him and, and kind of pitched him the, the general idea. And he was in from, from moment one, like it wasn't a hard sell at all. He was like, I'm in, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. Um, and then from there, uh, we sat with him to help, you know, build out what his character is. We didn't go, here's who you are. Uh, we said, you know, here's the, here's the bubble of what this character is. Let's sit, let's figure out who, who is this character? Who, who are you playing? Um, and he was integral in, in building that out, um, you know, and was also, you know, he was also a producer on the show. Um, again, he wasn't just hired like here, you stand here and you read these lines. He was, he was integral in the entire process of developing out who that character was, um, you know, his mannerisms, his backstory and, and all of those things. So um, it really was a, a group effort to, to bring it together and we couldn't be, be more happy with the way that it ended up. And he's just, 
he just crushed it. He's amazing. He's amazing. And I mean, when you look at the lead up to the show, I mean, in, in the weeks before the initial episode premiere, you had, you know, Ahmed on his social media who he would reveal, you know, a paragraph at a time, a little bit about Keller and Beck. And it's interesting how in a, in a very similar way to a Rebels or a Resistance, uh, Jedi Temple Challenge, before it even premiered, had already transcended uh, the age group of its competitors and of maybe its uh, intended audience where yeah. suddenly I'm in group chats with my friends like, you guys, the sabered hand, like, you know, <laughs> Keller and Beck, like, I, I, need a, I need a six inch black series figure of this guy. Like, we, we already became attached to him and to 83 and then Alex and everybody involved. I mean, even Sam Witwer as, uh, as the most annoying uh, triangle in the world, a dark side uh, <laughs> yeah. Sith triangle, perhaps, uh, perhaps a, a holocron in a, in a game set. Um, the way that, that you know, it's such a special thing to Star Wars too, right? Like, I mean, you go to, I was in Chicago. I was in the room when uh, Andy and Anthony brought Ahmed Best out. And I, I felt that energy in that room. And I saw people hugging and cheering and, and just losing their minds. And it, it, is the great unifier because then we all became the kids. Uh, so, and then that's, you know, something you Ahmed was able to be uniquely part of, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So um, talk a little bit about the actual kids and, and sort of maybe how your relationship has formed with them. Did you, did you ever jump on the set with them? Did you ever try the challenges out? Maybe show them, show them how to do a couple of them. Uh, I didn't show them how to do them. Uh, I certainly did. All of the obstacles. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, most of us did. Uh, I think is, is, you know, anybody that came and visited set, uh, that was pretty much the first thing that they did. There's like, oh, this is cool. Oh, wait, let me talk to you in a second. I'm going to go jump on the, the, the rope swing. Um, uh, not going to lie, a couple of people definitely uh, hurt their hands on that, on that rope. I will say that kids, uh, the kids didn't. The kids, they, they crushed those things. Like the kids had far less issues with it than the adults did. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, it took me multiple times to get across that rope swing. I'm not going to lie. I can imagine. Uh, I mean, the one for me, I, I look at the trying to get a Melu run off, off the top yeah. vines and branches there. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure I could nail a couple of these, but I, I'd probably be on that Melu run jump for days <laughs> trying to get one. <laughs> it, uh, some, of the, some of it is definitely more challenging than, than you would think, but it, it absolutely, you know, to your point, is like, this is, you know, it, it was a little bit of, you know, nostalgia, wish fulfillment for us as well. Like we all grew up with, with, you know, those, those game shows back in, in the nineties and um, you know, the fantasy of wanting to go on them. Uh, Anthony Carboni did actually go on legends of the hidden temple as a child. He won. Um, so there was uh, that fun little uh, connectivity. We actually found the video of him doing it, which was great. It's phenomenal. Um, Can he and, please uh, be like Beck's Padawan or something? Get, get him a braid, get him a rat tail and everything. Like, we should get a, he came by set one day, him and Janine Gabonkar <laughs> came by, came by set one day and uh, uh, definitely went around and, and got into the nostalgia of running through the, running through the course. But it was, you know, that's what we all, we all dreamt of that as kids. And it's, but you, you realize like, you know, I'm like 44 now. So I, I doing, <laughs> doing this, I'm like, okay, now I feel old. Uh, Cause those kids just, they would just crush it. Like some of those kids are so incredibly athletic uh, and, um, and just, again, just the smiles on their faces um, when they did it was, was really kind of what, what made it all work. I mean, it gets me, man. I, I was saying this yesterday to some friends uh, after watching at the time of this recording for people that are listening. Um, I believe when this episode comes out, we'll probably have four or five episodes, but 
on the, in the third episode, it just hit me on, a, on an even bigger level than even in the first two. Like it's compounding on itself. This, the, this uh, method that you guys have, have embraced of emphasizing like the key Star Wars lessons, um, something that I think everybody who loves Star Wars could afford to take a step back and, and sort of reabsorb sometimes of these kids handle failure better than than certainly some of our star wars heroes have um when you look at the actual mythology of star wars that all obviously all of you are steeped in in the office at lucasfilm i mean look at luke you know luke's entire journey now as as an elder master was i couldn't process the fact that i had made a mistake and then now you know you've got these kids and they're like you know i didn't make it or I got eliminated this round, but it was such a, such a pleasure to be here. And I think we worked together well. And I, I'm just blown away by their humility and about how well that comes across. So is that, is that hard to, to get that out of, out of a kid when you're producing that type of show? We, we didn't have to. I mean, they, they, they brought it up themselves. Like the kids, what you see is what you get. You know, those are their reactions. They, you know, most of those kids really took it in stride and were just like, look, uh, you know, we could have done better. We, we, you know, maybe we didn't work together as a team quite well enough or, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, maybe run as fast as I could on this one thing or they all, you know, they all kind of walked away with the same attitude of like, well, this was a blast. Like I had a super fun time. None of them were like, you know, super dejected and 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 again you know having seen all the episodes it's hard to remember exactly which which bits are have aired and not but Mm -hmm. you know usually you can see the kids when when you know master beck is encouraging them to go back and and go back to their training you know they high five the other kids they you know they they all have a positive response and i think that's the key is that ahmed brought that element of you never lose the word loss is never used um it's never painted as really i mean yes you are literally eliminated in the context but you're never eliminated from the journey you know it's always your journey must continue um you need a little bit more training you're going to go back to the order you're still a part of this you know is what it says so i think that that's that's really powerful and it's all coming across well i mean even in the the way that I know that it was a collaboration between uh, Scott Bromley and Sam Witwer to bring the dark side presence to life. Uh, and, you know, I think Scott said on Twitter that he, he yells out when you're actually shooting. Uh, Scott and- actually, yeah, on set, it was Scott. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was doing it with the kids on set, uh, doing the voice. And then, uh, and then we had Sam come in right. and do it, do it for real. He's so, uh, so deliciously just like He-Man level uh, evil. <laughs> Uh, yeah. almost like his mall, but like American and more smarmy. Like it's, it's hysterical. And Scott's was very Skeletor. Yeah. Was, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's was what very, his, that. his was very Skeletor. So great. <laughs> Sam, Sam dialed it back into the star Wars world uh, much better, but yeah, it was, but even with that, I mean, there's, it's, it's, you know, with Ahmed can, you know, passing it over to Sam it, it, with the, the element of the evil, it's still a, you know, it's Empire Strikes Back. It's it's not more powerful, quicker, easier. You know, but you you do pay the price later on, which we've seen in some of these episodes, and uh, how the kids, uh, you know, the anxiety of not finishing pushes them toward that. I mean, it it sums up Star Wars so well. So I I just think that the show's been a blast. But um, you know, while, while I still have you here, I do want to ask some questions. Just maybe some 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 nerdier uh, get to know you questions. Um, yeah. Let's go back to. Uh, to kid Mickey for a second. Um, okay. Where does this actually start for you? I mean, you touched on when you got this job, 
but you fell in love with this way before that, I'm assuming. So, so tell me a little bit about that and maybe what Kid Mickey would think of this. Um, well, Kid Mickey would be dying to get on the course uh, for sure. Um, but but of, of what he would think of what I'm you know, lucky enough to do now, I, it's just not, you know, it doesn't, it didn't seem like it's, you know, anything that could be, could be real. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, I was, I was born in 75. So I was too young to see, you know, a new hope in theaters, although there's always a chance my dad took me. Um, uh, I don't, I, I do feel like I saw Empire in a the theater, although I don't remember it being five thousand mm-hmm. percent remember seeing Jedi in a the theater multiple times. Um, remember having the Dagobah playset, set. Uh, and I actually remember, <laughs> this is my, my earliest memory, I guess, of Star Wars is playing with the Dagobah playset. set and dictating to my father a, uh, a letter that I wanted to send to Carrie Fisher to tell her how awesome she was in the movie and she was very pretty. And, uh, you know, it was so great how you were able to, you know, take down Jabba the Hutt and, you know, kind of dictated him. And I remember him like at the table, like, I don't think he was actually writing it down, mm-hmm. you know, because I was, again, I was you know, seven, eight years old. And, uh, but I, I do remember doing that. Um, and then, you know, years go by and obviously Star Wars is always something that, you know, it's like one of my first DVDs that I ever bought. Um, I have three different versions of the original trilogy as, as you know, DVDs and Blu-rays. And uh, I had the VHS at one point. Um, I was there midnight showing for Phantom Menace in college. Uh, I still have the tickets, um, which is, which is still kind of amazing that I, awesome. I was able to keep on those. Um, and then, you know, I don't do a whole lot on Facebook, but a few years ago, I guess one of my childhood friends posted some pictures from a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese when he was a kid, and I had a Return of the Jedi hat on. And uh, and then I was like, I'm really glad that he posted that photo. <laughs> like, that's really cool to, to yeah. have that. Um, you know, and then when, when I got the call to, uh, you know, if I was interested in, in coming on and doing this job, uh, I you know, it's like one of those things where you go, I just never never thought it was an option. Um, you know, I just, and, and you just go, Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I, this is like the dream. Um, but you know, when I was, when I got into quote the business and I moved to California, um, I've been here almost 20 years now. Um, you know, there, the, the prequels had finished when I was working at, I was working at Paramount for a while in like 2004. Um, and you know, the prequels had finished and it sounded like there was not going to be any more star Wars and, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, Disney, you know, buys, buys Star Wars from, from George. Um, and it's like, oh, wow, we're going to get, we're going to get more Star Wars. Um, so, you know, as much as I was in the industry and doing digital marketing and stuff at Paramount and things like that, like when I think about what other jobs I would want, like Star Wars wasn't on the list because it's just, oh, well, you know, we're, it's done. Like it's not right really there. Um, and then, you know, when, when it came up that, that there was going to be more, and then I was fortunate enough to know a few people who were at, uh, ILM and Lucasfilm um, when that all happened and, and my name kind of came up when when everything was kind of getting restarted and it's to get I mean it's really cliche to say a dream come true but it is, it's just a dream come true it's like this is the the one thing that you go what's the pinnacle of what I what I do in my current career and what's that what's that pinnacle brand and it's and it's Star Wars so um, I obviously jumped at the chance and I was just I, I feel as incredibly lucky uh, as I did the day I got the job, um, right. I do today. So, uh, it's just, you know, getting to do this every day and be a nerd and wear my star Wars shirts every day. I mean, 
I don't know, I probably have 50 now. I think my wife is so tired of the amount of Star Wars t-shirts I have um, and the amount of toys that I have in my office. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, dream come true is really all you can, all you can equate it to. Absolutely. I, I do have a few more questions, but I have to uh, insert one here. Um, you got the job in 2013, you said, is when you began with Lucasfilm. Right. Um, in those years there, that, that, that three years before, of course, we unfortunately um, lost Carrie Fisher, did you ever get to meet her? I did. I did. I got to meet her a couple times. Um, right after we, right after I came on uh, was Star Wars Celebration in Germany. And so two months after getting the job, you know, we went off to Germany and was th- I had never been to a celebration before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of thrust into that amazing thing that, that is, uh, you know, the celebration events. Um, and we were able to do, you know, some very, uh, some, some interviews backstage. We didn't, you know, we weren't live streaming or anything at that time. It was very nascent. Um, but we did some interviews. We got to sit with Mark and Carrie, uh, which again, were just amazing for me to hear them just kind of talk and, uh, and, and casually just be around them in a, in a, in a formal, in an informal way. Um, so I got to meet her there. Uh, I met her you know, very fleetingly at, at, the, the premiere, the, the Force Awakens premiere, I was standing right behind um, Andy and Anthony in the, uh, uh, the infamous interview where she and uh, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> went a little, little off book. Uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorite memories. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I'm standing behind them. Uh, probably a, probably <laughs> a mixture of, oh, oh my, but also, <laughs> also probably just like, look at her go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. She's, she's such a force of nature. Like she's just always, uh, amazing to be around. Um, so did you, did you ever call up your dad and say, uh, dad, I work here now. Could you please produce the letter that I asked you uh, <laughs> to, to write down for me? Uh, unfortunately, my, my father passed away before I got this job, unfortunately, but, uh, gotcha. uh, it's, you know, uh, I'm sure he would be, you know, very ecstatic for, for what I was able to do. Um, but the best carry story is, and I mean, you guys have all probably seen it, but, um, Andy in, uh, is it Europe? No. Is it London? I always get these confused. It was London, I think. Orlando. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> where we, uh, uh, Andy Gutierrez hadn't, um, we, we had tried and, and for, you know, for whatever reason, uh, Andy wasn't able to interview uh, Carrie up until that point. We've never been able to make it and she just wanted it so much. She wanted to meet Carrie so bad and interview her and we kept trying and just for whatever reason, you know, things, things get tough. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't work out. And um, during the live stream, um, myself and Scott and, and Harper and a couple others, um, you know, we got together and I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see if we can get Carrie to come surprise Andy. Um, and so we were able to do it and it's on the live stream and, and it's uh, pretty incredible. Um, and so, you know, I kind of snuck her from her autograph area uh, to our stage and backstage without letting Andy know. Um, and we just kept telling Andy, just stay there. Your next interview is coming. Just stay there. She had no idea what was going on. She's like, why am I sitting here? And, um, Carrie and, and Gary was with her and we had a little bowl of water and food for <laughs> Gary backstage. A legend. Um, uh, legend Gary Fisher. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I told Carrie what was going on. I was like, Hey, you know, Andy's really been wanting to meet you and talk to you forever and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to surprise her. So if you can just go, she goes, whatever you want, let's do it. And she just, just the best attitude and the, you know, she was just game for whatever. Um, and she walked out the, the Falcon hallway set that we had. Um, and Andy had no idea. And, um, you know, seeing the reaction, uh, on her face when Carrie walks out was, uh, probably one of my, 
most favorite memories of anything that we've ever done. Um, and then they just had a great chat and a great interview. And um, yeah, and we were all obviously crushed um, when she passed. But of course, lucky enough to say that, yeah, I was able to, to interact with her a couple of times. She was nothing but fantastic. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and just seeing the way that, that she and, and all the legacy players um, have, you know, have, have maintained this love and this, this involvement and everything. I mean, you mentioned Mark as well from the, that celebration that you, uh, your first celebration you participated in. Uh, he's somebody obviously that is uh, still involved. That's still, you know, he shows up on, on Jimmy Kimmel and surprises someone with a lightsaber, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And he, he still has, has always been this ambassador. Um, you know, I was talking to some friends and, and we were thinking, you know, maybe, maybe Mark Hamill voices someone in, in Jedi Temple Challenge. I mean, are those, are those the kinds of big swings that we can expect uh, if this were to get a second season? Um, look, we, we, would, we would work Mark into absolutely anything that he would be willing to do. <laughs> uh, I can assure you of that. Um, yeah, we, we're very lucky to have Frank Oz. Oh my goodness. Yes. We didn't even talk about that. That's amazing. Um, that was incredible. And Um, Frank Oz reading, reading like earth kid names, uh, is fantastic. And he had a blast. We did. We actually did that the day after the rise of Skywalker premiere. Um, okay. It was right down, right down the street from where the premiere was held. Um, we went down there and Scott and I in the studio with a couple of the other producers and having Frank in the, in the booth next to us reading, reading lines uh, and reading the kids' names and, you know, helping us refine and, and having him tell us, oh, Yoda wouldn't say this. I think he would do that. And like, you know, not just reading lines, but like he is Yoda, like Frank's yeah. amazing. And then you're sitting there with like a notebook, like, yes, please tell me more about Yoda. Yeah. You would think. Oh, and, and my phone showing, going, oh my God, look who's over there. Oh, that's um, amazing. I mean, I, I remember as a kid, my mom got this purple VHS tape um, from, I guess, the production company of Barney or you could send away she paid and Barney they inserted a photo of me into the into footage and Barney said my name and I thought that it was like confirmed he's real this purple dinosaur so I can't even imagine what it's like for these kids you know like the, the a couple some kids I remember off the top of my head like a kid like Brayden you know in in the pilot episode to have Yoda just name drop you and then and then bestow like this this moment uh is is amazing um just a couple more questions here just some some specific fan things i mean uh with with it being seemingly a success i mean the 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 fandom is freaking out all about it i I see it everywhere on the internet um what can we expect maybe in the way of of smaller additions things you would be excited to do would would we ever see um we've already seen some variation in the challenges but um did you ever think uh, of maybe incorporating maybe Neil Scanlon comes in and we get some creatures or something like that. Like what kinds of things um, are on your wish fulfillment list? I mean, I think all of it, you know, if we're fortunate enough to, to be able to do a second season, um, we would, you know, certainly, like I said earlier, like we always want to go above and beyond. We certainly wouldn't want to just rehash the same thing. We uh, there's, there's, I, I can assure you there's a long list of, things that were like okay well we you know we would do this and let's you know maybe this could work and let's change this out for this and um we would want to tap into all of the things that that we could um, right and utilize all of the incredible talent that you know uh participates in creating star wars and neil is amazing um i was fortunate enough to get to spend a good amount of time with him on the force awakens in his creature shop in london at pinewood and uh that was just 
nuts like it's just overload you know it's like 360 of all these amazing it like, just it looks like a like a haven i mean in the in the rise of skywalker uh documentary uh you could see Mar- mark walking around and, and checking out everything and you know babu and all that stuff like and it's one yeah. thing to see it all on screen but like when you can walk up to it and like it's not like it's just like you know a facade it's like this thing it's fully articulated and they're fully yeah. they're fully built 360 like these are like you know, they could, they could easily be living, breathing things. And, um, what those guys do, those creature artists are just incredible. Um, yeah. but also, also the droid designers too. I mean, 83, uh, already, you know, so popular, so, so loved already with, with her comedy. I mean, it's the perfect, um, the perfect level of sarcastic jabs for, for the context, uh, where it gets an adult chuckle, but because she is keeping a Jedi in check, um, I did have one question about about her. Uh, when you say '83 out loud, it's '83. Is that an intentional Jedi reference? No, um, we call her AD. You know, so it's like the the nickname of R two is R two. Right. Know, so we we actually say eighty. Um, yeah, the '83 is not. Well, that's hey. I, I don't know that I ever even put that together. Because so, that was the kind so of thing that I was like, I might be reading too much into this, but I have to ask. <laughs> Because Jedi is my Jedi was my religion as a kid. Like that's my favorite film. Period. And I said it out loud, and I was like, eighty three. And when you go to Galaxy's Edge, there's seventy seven, eighty, yep. and eighty three on the canisters and stuff. Um, but but yeah, I mean, obviously, I could I could go on forever talking to you, man. But I do have one last question, and I would be I would be uh, attacked by some of my friends if I did not ask. What are the odds that us grown adults get to and then not 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 compete not compete i'm not going to go as far as to say compete but all i want is a purple team outfit to represent are you are you working on it do you have one uh i do not have one we, we have kid, we only have kid sizes of of the costumes um i hope i hope that you know look success brings whatever like my hope is that if, if we can you know if we can really get enough support behind it that there can be some licensed products for, for the costumes and the characters and, and everything else. I mean, that's the dream, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine like how well it would lend itself to like a vintage collection playset. You yeah. know, I mean the, the sets easily uh, and who, and who knows? I mean, obviously, unfortunately um, I know that, or I would assume that all of you are as bummed as we are. Obviously celebration can't happen this year because of the way the world is, but you know it, man. There's going to be a flood of, of Jedi Temple Challenge uh, cosplay when we do get to get back together. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's uh, well. I mean, there's been such great fan art already. Um, you know, people have been been tweeting such great fan art at, at Ahmed, and um, it's that. I mean, that's that's such an amazing byproduct of of all of this. Is is the fans, like you said, like really embracing it and trying to. Uh, you know, make their own vision of it. And, and, you know, the fan art again has been just incredible. There's been great fan art of the droids and the characters. And oh yeah. Really- I mean, my, my friend, Nikki, shout out to, to, to Nikki. I know he's going to be listening. He made a, a Lego minifig the other night of, of Keller and Beck and was getting, that's all- what I saw it. If that's, if he tweeted it, it if he's the one that tweeted it, I'm yeah, it's awesome. been a couple. Yeah. And he, so it's, it's, it's just been wonderful. So uh, obviously yeah, I think we love that. We love yeah. that. So you should all be, you should all be really proud, man. I mean, it's just, it's been really, really special. So uh, 
you know, obviously there's not, this isn't a typical uh, interview or where we're with someone else in the community where you'd be like, well, so what do you got coming up? What can you tease? Because I'm sure there's secrecy training uh, you know, <laughs> all, all over the place in, in your office. But uh, is there anything that, that you would like to throw out cl- closing remarks for, from Star Wars Digital? Um, I mean, just uh, keep watching, keep watching YouTube and StarWars.com. See, see what, what happens. I mean, we're still, the uh, Star Wars show is still uh, coming every month. Uh, we've got this week in Star Wars every week, and which is and great. Chris, Kristen Baver's crushing it as well. She's and doing a great job. I agree. She's doing fantastic. Um, and you know, we're we're always looking at new ideas. You know, who knows what's to come? But like you said, yes, we uh, try to keep things close close to the vest um, until we're ready. But uh, rest assured, we're always just trying to make new and fun things to to entertain the audience and uh, you know keep the conversation going with the fans. I mean, look, the Star Wars fans are the greatest fans in, in the world. I mean, we say it and it sounds again cliche, but it's true. It's the passion and and just the the level of of engagement is is just incredible. And it's second to none in, in fandom as far as I'm concerned. So uh, we just want to keep being able to be great stewards of the brand and and you know do fun things. You know, we are fans. Like everybody on my team, we are we are fans first. So uh, it's all about trying to continue to make good things that fans want to engage with and, 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 you know, all that fun stuff. Absolutely, man. And I, I, you know, in my humble opinion, I would agree. I mean, there's lots of things I love. Um, there's lots of, of franchise cinema and, and popular fun properties that I love, but none of them quite have the, you know, the, the, the familial connection between the actual people making it and the people loving it. Um, like Star Wars does. It's really special. So, so again, guys, everybody listening uh, to this year episode, uh, you know, please send thanks to the Jedi Temple team. Send thanks to Mickey. Uh, thank you again, man, for coming on. Um, thank you all. Appreciate head, the time. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for being so generous with your time. And head over to StarWars.com, to Star Wars Kids on YouTube, where there's plenty of stuff in addition to Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh, you know, the Galaxy of Adventure shorts with, with Titmouse uh, animating those are phenomenal um so definitely check those out and then of course as for the show you can always follow us at a h c h t o radio octo radio if you're listening to this you know how to spell it i don't have to spell it out for you uh it's octo it's it's the planet with the porgs who knows maybe porgs will pop up in jedi temple challenge one day and then uh, as for me you can follow me personally at ad underscore strider or a period d period strider uh, on instagram and twitter And as always, we're going to end this with that call to adventure for me, for Mickey, for Master Keller and Beck. Punch it, Chewie.